The biggest thing you gave me was time. I've always been a proponent of do the job, do it well. When you're a family, everyone in the family has to be treated with respect. Coach Wooden, it always started with uh, relationships. It always started with coaching people's hearts. I want to know who you really are, right? You can put whatever you want on paper, but that that doesn't really matter. His teachers, they meet the learner wherever he is. They don't care what you know. <laughs> they won't. Until they know how much you care. At this moment, we are, are so blessed to have Coach Chris Kleiman on the show, using another podcast word, show. Uh, this, this man has has won 30 wins while at K-State and, and has taken the team to the first conference title since 2012 here this season. The team finished number nine in the final college football playoff rankings, which was K-State's highest ever in the final college football playoff rankings, uh, had three victories over top 10 teams in 2022. And overall, Coach Kleiman, I don't know if you even keep up, but your record is 102 and 33 uh, with a 76% winning percentage. And that ranks you fourth. I know you've heard that before, but that ranks you fourth amongst active coaches. And that's just a little bit of tooting your horn, again, because I know I never heard you toot your own, but sometimes it 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 does the body good to hear, man, you're doing a pretty good job. Well, thank you. That's that's kind of neat. No, I won't say that again, right? I won't, okay. I won't say that again. But again, sometimes you, you got to do that. But we'll jump right in. And I my first question is, because uh, I'm with you every day, but uh, and I've heard it a couple of times, but I think it'd be great for you to share your journey to talk to us about uh, this journey for you from for you to become the the head coach at Kansas State University. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a, a unique journey. Um, I, I was fortunate. I, I played at Northern Iowa, and when I graduated, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I, I was one of those guys that I wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. I loved football, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, Bob Bowlesby was the athletic director at Northern Iowa at the time. And Bob recently retired from the big 12 commissioner. And Bob said, I think you should coach. And so between he and Terry Allen, I got in as a graduate assistant and was at Northern Iowa for uh, a few years and then uh, got a break and, and uh, got my first full-time job at Western Illinois. That's where I met Brian Anderson and, uh, uh, or had been around Brian. I played with his brother, Kevin at Northern Iowa, but I got around Brian quite a bit and uh, was there for, for three seasons and, um, wanted to continue to grow. I was young and, and just kept making different stops. Uh, my wife was all on board. Um, she, she knew me as a grad assistant. So she said, okay, I'm ready to take this journey. And we went all over the place to, to can to Kansas, to, to Missouri state, which at that time was Southwest Missouri state to, to getting out of coaching, even for a year, uh, a year and a half, actually to a division three job at Loris college. Uh, still friends with the president today at Loris, to back to Northern Iowa, to an opportunity at uh, at North Dakota State uh, with Coach Bull, who you know well, yes. and uh, we we caught fire there. And credit to Coach Bull and and um, the staff that he had he had put in place, and I was able to join that staff, and um, we won three national championships in my three years that I was there as his 
assistant coach, two as a defensive coordinator, one one as a secondary coach. And um, I, I mean, it was like crazy how fast this went that we uh, rose and won it in 11, 12, and 13. And then he got the job at the University of Wyoming. And my first thought was, I'm I'm going to Wyoming to be the defensive coordinator. And I left cold at Fargo. And I don't know how much warmer Laramie was going to be. But uh, I remember coming home and sitting with my wife and kids. And my kids were pretty young then in, in 2013. And I said, I guess we're going to Laramie. My kids were crushed. They, they really enjoyed Fargo. And they were crushed. They just didn't want to go. So my wife said, I think you better have a conversation with the athletic director, Gene Taylor, and see if you can get in the race there for the head job. And was able to do that and was able to, to land the head job at, at North Dakota State. And um, Gene said, all you got to do is keep winning and nobody will, nobody will say anything. You just got to keep winning. Well, then Gene left to go to the University of Iowa before I coached a game with him. And so we were there 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Those five seasons, we were fortunate. We won four national championships in those five seasons. And the year we didn't win, we, we beat Iowa at the University of Iowa and lost in the semifinals, and it was the most crushing offseason I'd ever had. Yeah. Um, but then Coach Snyder uh, retired from Kansas State, and uh, Gene called and, and offered me a chance to interview and uh, interviewed and, and uh, took the job in, in 2019. And it, it shocks me to think that uh, – we're going in together into year five, but it's been quite a journey. And, and I've learned every step of the way uh, more and more each year. Yeah. And, and I, I, I totally agree. Um, so, so you, you talk, we talk as a staff quite a bit about our core values and I know those core values are important to you. Explain your core values, the core values of our program and then, and then how do they, how do they go into developing leadership on your team? Well, our core values of discipline, commitment, toughness, and selfless, uh, and to be selfless, uh, we as a staff with our leadership council decided on those after the pandemic year and everybody struggled in that pandemic year. There's not a, a, a program that, uh, went totally unscathed and, uh, um, you were a big part of, of, of this process of us developing these core values because we needed to change the, the locker room. We needed to change the culture um, because we didn't see these kids for a better part of six, eight months uh, other than on Zoom and, and, and at a game. And, um, you know, we came up with those four core values and um, every, everything that we do in our program from athletic training to nutrition to strength and conditioning to academics to community service, uh, has those four core values in mind of discipline, commitment, toughness, and to be selfless. And, you know, our, our good friend Tremaine Carroll uh, holds those kids accountable every day to those four core values um, in the weight room. And uh, I like how whenever we have conversations with our, with our players, they bring up those four core values and right. they become a fabric of what Kansas State football is. And, um, you know, you throw a glass of water on, on Van Malone and say, you tell me those four core values in three seconds and we throw the glass of water, at you, you're going to name them off. Boom, boom, boom. Right. And our kids totally believe in those. And they, they, that, those core values and how we live our life on a daily basis and those core values in everything we do. And discipline is the first one we talk about. And it's the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And that's on and off the field. And I think both of us agree that those core values are what led to this turnaround and led to us winning a Big 12 championship. 
And I, you know, you 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 ended with that, and and that is, you know, over the course of these months since the championship, I've had a lot of people, you know, they they've congratulated us on a great season. But I always refer back to to number one to those those moments that you spoke of those those rough moments, but then how important it had, oh really actually how enjoyable how cool it's been to watch our team through those core values develop into a championship team. And uh, when I was on that field at you know after that that ball sailed through the uprights. I thought about that. I thought about how how our team has grown. I thought about, again, those rough moments and some of the players who didn't make it there with us. But yep. I thought about the kids who did. And I thought about where, where we as a staff, where I've had the fortune of watching you grow, uh, but, but more importantly, our team and our leadership grow because of us instituting those core values and and uh, building everything we do around that. I think a lot of people don't realize, Van, that if we don't have the struggles that we did in 2020, I don't think we win that Big 12 championship. And I don't think the struggles that Will Howard had or Ty Zentner or Daniel Green or KT Levinston or whomever else, if they don't have those struggles and realize what a gift it was to be at Kansas State and for those guys to take ownership in that program with those core values at the front of their mind. I don't think we win that without the struggles we had. Yes, yes. And, and again, everyone sees the end product, right? But but it's the process. It's the process that that we mm -hmm. as staff, that our team has gone through to be able to to be able to reach that point. My next my next question is. Uh, and, and actually, it's been cool because I've had the opportunity to have some of the people who 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 you would uh, consider leaders in your life. I've mm -hmm. had the opportunity to have some of those people on this on this show. But the question is, is in your life as a coach, as a as a man, who have been the greatest leaders in your life, and what are some of the lessons that they've taught you along the way? Well. Uh, the best leader I've had is my father, um, who was a coach who instilled in me a mental toughness, um, that when you get knocked down, you get back up every day, uh, and don't worry about your circumstances, control what you can control. And that's your effort and attitude every day. And, and I take that with me, um, in everything that I do. Uh, I was just fortunate to, to be around parents that cared for me, loved me, uh, and challenged the heck out of me. But as I've gotten into my professional uh, career over the last oh, eight years, you know, the biggest leader that I lean on is Ben Newman. You know, Ben's not a coach. He's not a former player, but he's been the most instrumental person in my life that has helped me through the most difficult times. Uh, and whether it's uh, a conversation, a quick text, uh, a, a word that he's always got my back, that he's always going to help us in everything that we do and help these kids um, reach their peak and reach their goals. He's been one of the best leaders that I've been around. And then, you know, I, you think of ADs and, and, and coaches I've been around. I've learned the most from our players. Mm -hmm. I've learned the most from a kid like Darius Shepard at North Dakota State or Trey Dempsey or Easton Stick at North Dakota State to – um, Skylar Thompson to Briley Moore uh, to Daniel Green to Deuce Vaughn 
to Denzel Goolsby to, you know, uh, Will Howard and, and Noah Johnson. Those are the ones you learn from because you see them every day and you see them battling and you see those guys take the ownership to lead the program. And, um, you know, we always talk about, um, you know, holding each other accountable to a standard. And if the leaders won't hold themselves to that standard, how can they ask anybody else to do the same? And uh, we've been fortunate here over the last few years to have some phenomenal leaders that uh, have held themselves and their, and their peers to a high standard. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to that point, each of those players that you mentioned, they, they have had challenges and they've overcome those challenges. Some of those players have had to mature to become those leaders that, that you spoke of, but it's just been really cool to watch them to be able to ascend to that place. And um, uh, it's, I think, you know, at Kansas State, we, we've done a good job, I think, of putting those players in the positions to develop that leadership. So now let me shift gears just a little bit. Uh, over the years, you've had the opportunity, uh, I call it opportunity, to, to hire coaches, to add people to your staff, coaches and support personnel. When, when looking to make these hires, what are the, what are the things you look at to, to identify people that you want to bring onto your team? Well, it's easy to say the four core values for starters, but everybody needs to have the discipline, commitment, toughness, selflessness to be a part of a staff. Um, but I always look at our collective staff that we have and think, I want to add somebody that brings something different to the table. I don't want a, uh, another Buddy White or another Van Malone or a, a, another Connor Riley. I want somebody that's going to bring something different, somebody that's got a different uh, a different view, a different uh, vibe to them. Um, and so that's the first thing I look for is what what can somebody add to us? I, I mean, we're, we all as coaches, myself, yourself included, are still learning from everybody. And so that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing is, you know, the relationships, um, can they build those with kids? Everybody's a good football coach in this business. There, there's a ton of great football coaches, but who can mold and mentor, challenge, and most importantly, and this word gets probably not used enough in our business, who can love those kids? You know, when it's a tough time, um, who's going to be there for those kids? When, when they have a grandfather pass away or um, something happens and they can't afford rent or they, they can't get a ride or, or they're screwing up and they're late for different things. It's easy to chastise them, somebody, but who can, who can put their arm around somebody and say, you know what, you're struggling. How can I help you? Because those are the guys that are going to go through a wall for you on Saturday, the ones that you love and the ones that you challenge, but they know you got your, that, that you have their back. And so I'm looking for guys like that. And, you know, I look at our staff right now, and we've got all sorts of different personalities and you and I chuckle and laugh at all the different personalities we have, but uh, it, it, in a foxhole with a kid, all of our coaches would go in there with those, with their players and those kids and, and, uh, and battle for them. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> we've spoken a little bit about adversity um, and, and man, again, when we think about where we are as a team, it, it's, it, it's easy to laugh, <laughs> but but I remember some of these adversities. When you even talk about COVID and the protocols, wearing a mask and 
wait a minute, so-and-so may not be available this week. Yeah. Well, just that practice yesterday, even this morning, he can't, he rode on the bus. He can't play now. You know, yeah. those things, those adversities. How has the adversity of the last few years, how has that made you a better leader? Well, when you have adversity, the one thing that that is easy to do is find the blame. I think that's what people want to do. Man, that we were awful on defense. That's Van Malone's fault. We were awful here. That's so-and-so's fault. Or that was the terrible play calling. Whatever. I think when, when adversity strikes, you better look in the mirror. You, you better look at yourself first. And I, I know that, that I have done that on a number of occasions. And you, you and I have so many conversations in my office, some, some really difficult conversations. And uh, every adversity that we have, I go back and think about and say, how did I handle that? Um, I, maybe I was too hard on that person. Maybe I uh, um, didn't show enough compassion. Maybe uh, I wasn't hard enough on somebody. I, I, I don't know, but I always try to value and look myself in the mirror to say, okay, that adversity struck. You're in charge of this whole thing. You, you're, you're in charge of this whole thing. So if, if we weren't very good or we screwed up off the field, um, we weren't good academically, we didn't, do enough community service, or we just didn't win a game, you better look at yourself. And the best leaders, I think, are the ones that cast blame on themselves and say, "We, I, I've got to be better first. And then it's easier to say, okay, I think collectively as a staff, we can be better, but this is on me, uh, why we weren't successful. And, you know, I felt that way um, after we lost to Texas um, late in the season, but I knew those kids were still bought in. And I knew those kids in that locker room we're so locked in. I'm like, well, we're going to go on the road and we're going to, we're going to get back in this league race. And sure enough, we go to Baylor and go to West Virginia and get huge wins because those kids never wavered. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you spoke on the difficult conversations and for me, you know, to work alongside you, to learn from you, it's, it's been right. Really cool to, to be able to see you in action when you have as a leader those difficult conversations, be it a be it a conversations, be it a conversation with a player or a conversation with a member of our staff, I I I always value that part of it because to be the leader and to have that conversation, uh man, I, I'm I'm sometimes thinking to myself, how is he gonna handle this? <laughs> You know, and 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 then when I see it, when I see you go through that process uh, again, each time it's, it's been a, a, an incredible learning experience for me. So as I as I continue on, how important is it for you as a leader, as a head coach? How important is it for you to develop your staff members, your coaches to be able to make that next step in their careers? Um, you know, for whatever it might be, to be yeah. a head coach, to be a coordinator, how is how important is that for you as a head coach? Um, it's very important. Um, the one thing that I pride myself on and, and hope that our staff understands and believes is I'm not a micromanager. I, I'm, I'm going to let guys coach. You hire them, let them coach. Yeah, there's some things that you want done a specific way or there's some things that you think – a drill that needs to be done, a technique that needs to be done that you want to encourage. But 
you, you got to give them ownership and you got to let them be themselves. You got to let them coach and, and they're going to have success and they're going to have failures, especially the young coaches um, that are learning their way through. Um, but I, I think it's so valuable for guys to network and you've done a phenomenal job of this, your whole coaching career, you know, so many people because you're going to get out there and, and go to conventions and go to, go to coaches clinics and meet new people and not wait for somebody to say, um, Hey, you're Van Malone. You go up and say, Hey, I'm coach Malone. What's your name? How can I help you? Especially the younger people in our profession. And so when, when we have coaches that come to me and say, hey, I have an opportunity to interview at place X, Y, or Z. I don't know if I'm interested. I don't know if I want to move my family. What do you think? The first thing I tell them is interview. You have to take those experiences. Those things are so hard to get. And you can do mock interviews and stuff all you want. But you need to get interviews and talk and, and express yourself and, and get that experience. And if it doesn't go well and you don't get the job or it goes really well and you don't get the job, you know, you're going to be better for the experience. And oftentimes I, I know that people will reach out and I've interviewed some people that we've gone in another direction that they've reached back out and say, Hey coach, what can I do to improve? And we don't probably give enough feedback when we don't get a job. Um, we just move on with life. And I would encourage, you know, if somebody interviews for a job, write that person a letter and keep stay in contact with them because you got into that, you got there somehow, you got into, into that interview or got into that realm somehow, stay in connection, stay contacted and connected to those people. But uh, I always want, I was a, a lifetime assistant that got a chance to be a coordinator and then a chance to be a head coach. And I was blessed because I was around great people that that encouraged me to continue to, to challenge myself to be great and be better. And I'm trying to do the same thing with the people on our staff. Okay. So how, how would your staff, and, I, and I'm not going to vote on this, uh, how, how would your staff describe <laughs> your leadership style? And, and how, if it has, how has it changed over the years? Well, you could just answer that question and then I could listen and see how everybody perceives it. Um, this but, is a family show. <laughs> exactly. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah, I'll answer the question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, well, a couple things I'd say. Um, I hope they, they see my leadership style as, as open, as um, together, uh, as I want input. And, you know, you've been around me uh, on the same staff for, uh, going on five years and, and we've known each other um, throughout different times, run into each other at conferences and stuff. I look at, I look at Connor Riley and I look at Brian Anderson and Connor and I've been coaching together since 2012 and BA and I have known each other since the late eighties and early nineties when I would go hang out with BA at conventions in different towns and, and we'd have a couple drinks and just laugh and, and, and talk and, and get together with people that, I'm the same guy that was the assistant that is now the head coach. I know I've got to make tougher decisions and I've got to do everything with the best interest uh, of, of Kansas state football in mind, not with the best interest of Chris Kleiman in mind that um, although some of those decisions are maybe not what they want to hear could be just as simple of a practice drill. I don't want to tackle today. We want to thud today or whatever it may be. I don't, we're going to put on full pads, not half pads that um, I want their input. And I want to, we've had some great conversations in our staff because 
I throw things out there and, and want people to respond. I, I don't want, I don't have all the answers and I want people to have input because we're going to do this together. And we all have ownership in this team and, and our players, I know, believe that our players know that they could come to me at any time and say, coach, can we look at some doing something? And I hope our staff feels the same way. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I, I'm going to beg to differ on that because there has been many times it's been cold outside yep. and I voted, you know, I voted 100 <laughs> percent. Yep. Yep. Let's go to the indoor. You know what I mean? Yep. And I don't know. I, I just get out, outvoted. Well, so I, I looked at Teamworks and tomorrow morning we're outside. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out how to go into Teamworks and change all that. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you, you could call Coach True, but it's eight o'clock and he's in bed now. Oh, well, sure, he was sleeping at six forty-five. <laughs> uh, I tried to talk to him earlier. So, my final question, and this is a this is always a, a cool one for people, is that uh, you know, and and you're a very young guy, but if you could go back and talk to the younger Chris Kleiman about life, about how he handled himself, about the way he dealt with things. What would you tell that dude that, that you know now, that, that you wish you knew back then? Um, I, I would, and, and I talk to this about, I talk to young coaches about this all the time. <laughs> and you've been in this business as long as you have, uh, have patience. That's the number one thing is have patience and be where your feet are and that's the one thing I was around a guy by the name of Dick Mosley. You probably ran across him and his Dick Mosley was in the NFL for uh, decades. And he happened to be the defensive back coach at Northern Iowa. And I was the GA that thought I should have gotten the full-time job at 24 years old. I wasn't ready for the full-time job, but I was like, man, that should be my job. I was the GA for two years. Dick Mosley came in at, he was in his early sixties at that time, I believe. And he taught me so much about the game of football, but most importantly, he came from the Green Bay Packers down to Northern Iowa. And he said, be where your feet are. This is the greatest job you have. Be where your feet are. Don't worry about what happens today or tomorrow or what happens yesterday. You work on today and, and be the best you can as a coach today and take chances as a young person, as a young coach. And my wife and I bounced around a lot with our younger, younger kids, um, but always looking for an opportunity to network and, and learn more. It's not like I was going, taking these huge pay raises and stuff. I was trying to network, but I was also patient in the fact of I didn't look for jobs. Uh, I had great opportunities where people would contact me and I'd say, okay, it was time for me to make a move, but it's so hard for young coaches to be patient because they want instant. It's, it's our whole society right now wants instant gratification, instant success. And um, I would keep telling my younger self to continue to be patient and uh, never look back and never look forward. Right. Keep an eye on the prize you're at right now, and that's the job you're in. Right. Well, Coach, I, I <clears throat> we've been waiting, right? We've been waiting for uh, for a minute to get you home, and finally we were able to work you into your, you know work into your busy schedule. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm so excited uh, to continue this process to continue down to this path with you. Uh, and, uh, man, I, I look forward to watching you. I look forward to standing beside you, working with you uh, uh, for many more championships along the way. Well, Van, I couldn't have done this without you.
coming here to, to K-State. You've been my confidant and, and in the room with me with a lot of tough conversations, and we've done a lot of great things together, and we're going to continue to do a lot of great things together. So I appreciate you having me.